back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're covering tonight, Season 3, Episode 11, The Platinum Rule. And with me, as always, is my co-podcaster and partner in purgatory, Jen. Oh, that's an interesting way to describe our life. (laughs) I thought you'd like that. (laughs) We'd be getting too many warm and fuzzy comments on people writing in that we're married and warm and fuzzy. I wanted to break the cycle. (laughs) All right, any early thoughts? Oh, you know what? Um, There were some things I forgot to mention last week. That I did want to mention this week, most of the gossipy things. Okay. I read a couple interesting things about Josh Radner. One, I'm very jealous because he dated for a couple years one of my top five celebrities that I'm allowed to sleep with. Is your card laminated? <laughs> uh, it's not laminated. <laughs> it's not <laughs> official then. But it's laminated. <laughs> uh, Mika Kelly. Good on Josh Radner. Yeah, I think that's really good on Josh Radner. You know, for he's not an actor for his looks, and he's he's a good looking guy. But yeah, no, I think he's very attractive. If you think about watching the movie, not another teen movie, which is I think the first thing I ever saw him in. Mm-hmm. He wasn't standing out to me as a good looking actor. I mean, yes, Chris Evans is in that movie, but nevertheless, Chris Evans looks weird in that movie, though. He looks very jockey. I don't think he looks weird. I think he just kind of looks like a your standard jock. Maybe. I think there's something weird with his eyebrows or something. I have to look his like hair's that. a little too buzzy. <laughs> like, it's very, like, flat-toppy. But I love that movie. I love to watch yes, it and count do. how many different movies they lampoon in mm-hmm. it. It's fun. I can't remember what the number is. I'll have to rewatch it again. <laughs> is it on your annual list? Yes, it is. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Jen's referring to about 100 or 100, somewhere between 100 and 150 movies that I watch once a year. Oh, you don't have that number memorized? No, I don't. And I think it kind of changes year to year, but that might also be based on what movies I can get my hands on for free. I usually don't pay for one. Now, is this in a, an Excel document by chance? My top 100 movies are in an Excel document. But they don't always match 100% of the movies I watch every year. So how are you keeping track of this list? I, it's not on a list necessarily. I just know it. If you asked me to sit down and write the list, it would take me a couple hours. I could probably get all of them. Out of but all I just of sort the of things know it by that you s- list, this is the one thing you don't list. Yeah, you're right. I should make a list. That's very interesting. So more Josh Radner gossip. He was recently seen, and he was formerly dating blah, the actress that played Blah Blah. Hmm, okay. In the, what was that episode? Oh, How I Met Everyone Else. Mm-hmm. So he was recently seen a, a month or so ago out shopping with her, which isn't necessarily meaning that they're dating again, but they were dating okay. for a little bit. And I imagine it had to be somewhere either, you know, during that, the time they shot that or shortly after. Another piece of news, Allison Hannigan is in a new show on Disney. Again? Isn't this like the fourth one? <laughs> yeah, this is a this is one is not a game show of any sort. It okay. is it might be I'm having trouble telling if it's animated or not. I didn't look that deeply, but and I don't remember. I didn't write it down. But she's in a new show. And I just started listening to a podcast today. I mean, it's Dak Shepard's podcast, but he's interviewing Jason Siegel. Oh, I saw that pop up on my feed. 
so I'm pretty excited. I only got you know like 20 minutes into it so far, but I you know I kind of wish that I had spent the day listening to it today so that I could have some factoids, some fun facts for the the podcast. It's always next week. Mm-hmm. Anything else going on with us? No. Life in a pandemic, mostly the same. Okay. Well, one thing going on with us is we got to watch an episode of How I Met Your Mother that we love. The Platinum Rule. I could hear you laughing from the other room. (laughs) This has to be by far the most intricately... I love this one. (laughs) It's just... Plotted episode. And I happen to see that we don't usually look up who writes the episodes, but this one was written by Carter Bays and... Um, Craig Thomas. So I wonder if that has something to do with how good it is or if they write all of them. I actually don't know. (laughs) Well, the way they set this up is they break down Barney's Platinum Rule into nine stages told in three separate stories, but all layered on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So in each... And all reflective of each other. Right. In each stage, it's like... The stage before it should have taught them the lesson, but it didn't. And and Ted's actually now the fourth stage of this. But his story's not been told yet. And he, his relationship with Stella does not really follow these stages. Right. He doesn't fit the mold here. But we'll get into all that. So the three stories we're following are a 2005 story of Barney and Wendy the waitress hooking up mm-hmm. and sort of... You wouldn't know, you wouldn't really even call it dating. I don't think they did anything outside of see each other at McLaren's and sleep together. Yeah, and we don't get a sense of like did that just happen once or Now, 2005 would have been around the season season 1 time frame. Mm-hmm. And we know that he was hitting on her in season 2 when she hooked up with um Arthur. Hmm. Interesting. Ted's dad. Okay, so yeah, that doesn't necessarily line up. Right. Maybe it explains why she ended up hooking up with Ted's dad and not Barney that night. Maybe. But clearly, they weren't trying. They weren't wanting us to remember that that right. happened. Yeah, I forgot about that. That too. he was hitting on her. It's all you could almost explain it, but not really. And then there's the 2006 relationship between Marshall and Lily and their neighbors. Um, Laura and I can't remember the guy's name. Michael, I think. Who move in next door and they start doing coupley things with. And then the 2007 story of Robin and her co-worker, the Iron Man, Kurt the Iron Man. Yeah, and this is airing in 2007, so maybe it's, yeah, it's just supposed to be, I guess, a little bit earlier that year. I'm sure, did it say exactly when... It said the months, yes. Okay, so October of 2007. So, yeah, this was very recently then. If this aired December 12, 2007. Correct. We start off the episode in flashback, re-showing when Ted realized that he got a lower back tattoo. Mm-hmm. Jump to present day, and we get the narrator talking about how, you know, bad decisions are made, there's consequences. And we see Ted in a clinic... And he's sort of hiding behind a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other people there with tattoos that they regret 
clearly. Yeah, crying. I didn't capture any of the tattoos. Did you see anything? The only one that kind of stuck out to me is, like, there was a guy crying, and he had a, like, you know, so-and-so-and-so-and-so forever. So clearly he had, like, just broken up, broken up with somebody. And I didn't really pay attention to the other ones. Maybe it was the same girl that Ted hooked up with on his rebound from Robin, where he got the tattoo. Maybe she just drags guys there and has them get tattoos. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay, Ted's telling everyone in the apartment to say goodbye to the tattoo. There's some kind of, you know, not-so-great jokes about the tramp stamp, mm-hmm. going back to that well. But Ted's... Yeah, I was go ahead. thinking about that. Just cause I, I kind of have this already pegged as my worst joke, where Lily you know, says, how's everybody going to know you're a stripper from Reno with daddy issues? Like... I'm trying to remember in the context of, like, was that a completely played out trope at this point, or is this still smack in the middle of, like, that's still funny? I like the ribbing they were giving him when they first saw it, Mm -hmm. going in a circle, kind of doing it. But, yeah, trying to pull one more out of it, and this one just wasn't very good. Right. They they could have worked a little harder on this one if they were going to pull back, go back to this well. But that aside, Ted describes that he has 10 surprisingly expensive sessions to get rid of that back tattoo. I wonder how much that costs. Maybe we should have looked it up. I'm sure it's a lot. What do you think he paid total to get rid of that tattoo? What would your guess be? Mm, I'm thinking. Five to 10 grand? Yeah, and I'm guessing it's not covered by insurance. No. <laughs> he describes this, his doctor as Dr. Stella Zinman. She's attractive, cute. And they're actually going to a movie together, which everyone freaks out about. Which is interesting. Like, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised they're so invested in this. Because, like, yes, he has to have these ten sessions with her, but there's actually no reason he couldn't just find a new doctor if it didn't work out. Like, it I makes s- for a funny episode, but I don't necessarily get everybody's investment in this. Yeah, I see your point, but we need this, obviously, for, the next, for this episode and the next one. Right. To get through <laughs> these, which are amazing episodes. So if they had to be non-canonical to get there, I'm, I'm okay with this one little piece. Mm-hmm. No, and it leads to, yeah, a series of great episodes. And Brittany showing up soon. Right. Barney recommends that Ted does not should not poop where he eats. Now, do you think this counts as, you know, crapping where you eat? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's not the same kind of dynamic as everybody else's. It is, and that's Ted's argument. But they're really invested in telling them, reliving these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, I don't know, it would have been harder to find something because we already had the work one, the neighbor one, and the bar one. So He's going to see her ten times, so I get it. Right, and it's not... Like, he can't avoid her. Like, if it fails miserably, he can just stop going. (laughs) Yeah, I guess if one doctor starts it, another one can finish it. Yeah. Well, Barney has a rule that he's invented. He asks Ted if he knows about the golden rule, love thy neighbor. Ted corrects him. The golden rule is do unto others as you would have have, have them do unto you which is actually from the Bible, which Ted's a little bit uppity about. Yeah, Ted does his Mr. Corrector here. No, yeah, that's true. Well, Barney's got a thing. Just okay? <laughs> yeah. You get another great Barney's, just okay. Barney's got a bit going here and just needs Ted to roll with it. Golden rules, love thy neighbor, but there's a rule above it, platinum rule, never, ever, ever love thy neighbor. There's a little bit back and forth whether this counts again. And this starts off the cycle of them retelling their stories 
Robin says, remember about her and Kurt down at the station. Marshall says, uh, remember what happened to him and the Gerards across the hall. And Barney says, need I remind you about Wendy the waitress? So those are the order in reverse of Mm -hmm. the three relationships we're going to hear about to warn Ted off. And I, I didn't go back through and keep track very well. Do they always go in the same order? I think sometimes they switch orders of I don't, if they're I, going soonest to long, furthest away and then furthest away to soonest. I thought they all went in order, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, because it's usually starting with Robin. Mm-hmm. And then going back. And then, yeah, and then Marshall and Lily warning her off because of what happened with them and then Barney warning them off because of what happened to him. But we'll track that as we go through. Mm-hmm. So Barney says that this all happens in the same eight steps, and Ted has a ninth step at the end of it. But step one is attraction. So we start off with Barney's story. And so Barney's this, so dramatic. Like every time he announces the name of one of these steps, <laughs> he's like looking off into the distance or like right in somebody's face. Yeah, there's there's a scene where he blocks the door. And Ted getting out, and he like splays himself across the door, right. as if Ted's going to step out into the apocalypse. <laughs> but yeah, he is—he's being very demonstrative during this entire mm-hmm. session here. But we, we get a flashback to 2005, and this time we're going from furthest to soonest. We get Wendy delivering their drinks, kind of wiping something off of her. Tank top from, you know, the breast area of her tank top, which captures Barney's attention. You see a look on his face mm-hmm. of, huh, should I? Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting that Barney hasn't attempted this before, or it hasn't crossed his mind, considering they've been going to this bar, I think, what, like at least four years at this point? Possibly longer. And Wendy's attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... She doesn't seem like Barney's usual type. She's a little sweeter. Yeah. And you would think Wendy would be smarter <laughs> than to come up with Barney after. And Barney sort of brings that up. Then we, there's no cut from one to the other through the story. They just go backward. They, they come closer. And, yeah, just and, flashback, flashback, flashback. Yeah. So th- then we jump forward to 2006. We get Lily and Marshall running into another couple in their hallway the woman, Laura, is played by Kristen Schaal, mm-hmm. who we know very well from a million things, but particularly from Flight of the Concords, The Daily Show, and Last Man on Earth. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you remember her from? No, More? those are the main ones. Okay, let's play a game. Okay. On IMDb, when you look up somebody on IMDb, they have the four things they're most known for at the top. Okay. All right? And... When we recognize an actor, you're going to tell me what four things they're known for, and you get three strikes as you're trying to get to it. Okay. All right, so let's pull up Kristen Schaal. Well, you kind of cheated because those were... Those are the things I know her for the best. Yeah, I mean, those... But I I would be surprised if Flight in the Concords is one of her foremost well-known. Oh, interesting. I think it will be. Okay, so your guesses are Daily Show, Last Man on Earth, and... Flight of the Concord mm-hmm. are your first three guesses. So let me see here. Oh, goodness. What else has she been on or in? I feel like she's probably done voice work, and I'm going to miss some kind of like animated I think movie. these are sorted by what she's searched for on the most, or what's clicked on the most. Okay. 
I remember her in an episode of Modern Family, but that was just a one-off. All right. The first four things are none of the things we mentioned. What? Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Although now they've got a whole bunch of things. Maybe I have to look at it on the computer version and not on my phone. Okay. All right. Don't look. All right. You wouldn't have gotten any of these, so I'll just say them. (laughs) Okay. But the first four things you see are Gravity Falls, which is a show. I guess maybe she's the main voice of it. Hmm. Okay. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. Seriously? I mean, I guess I I, I get some credit for saying she was a voice actress. Yeah. (laughs) Norbit. Norbit? Really? And Toy Story 3? I'm not even sure who she was in that. There's a lot of voices in Toy Story 3, doesn't it say? Um, Trixie. Do you remember oh, Trixie? Oh, yeah, I think she was a dinosaur. Okay. Hmm. I don't know how reliable this first four thing is. <laughs> I just heard it as a gag on another podcast, so I think it's a thing. Oh, okay. Actually, I've heard it on a few podcasts. So, yes, I'm stealing it, but nevertheless. <laughs> just to you know, test this out better, let's try it with another actor. Okay. You don't have to guess this time, but let's just see if it seems to go to their more popular stuff. So what about Tom Hanks? I mean, Tom Hanks is hard because there's so much stuff. Why don't you do Colby Smulders? All right, Colby Smulders, we would guess, you know, the Avenger. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be any of the Avengers or it could be all the Avengers. I think it would be... How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother, S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D.? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, Agents of... She was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I thought she was. Was she not? I don't think so. Hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive she wasn't. Well, that's confusing. Yeah, I didn't and, watch it. So. <laughs> uh, what was the last thing she was in that I was watching? Um, right. I'm already forgetting. Yeah, I can't remember what that was called. All right. So her top four are The Avengers, The Avengers. Uh, I can't. It's, it's one of the other ones. I can't read the whole thing <laughs> on my phone. Oh, okay. The Avengers Age of Ultron. Safe Haven, which I've never heard of, but it's a 2013 movie. And Jack Reacher. Nah. That was... I don't, this is... <laughs> there's no way How I Met Your Mother is not on that. Stumptown's the one I was thinking of that I couldn't think of. I'll do a little more research. We'll see if this is a viable topic. Yeah. Not buying it, but... All right. Kristen Shaw. I didn't even look up the other guy. I didn't recognize him. I... Did a quick. I didn't look him up, but I did like in the um, website that I usually do that'll give me like trivia or fun facts or airs or whatever. He didn't have a link to him like everybody else did, like Kristen Shaw did, Kurt did, but he didn't. So I just assumed he wasn't. <laughs> did he even have any lines? <laughs> I'm not sure he did. He may have had one. <laughs> we'll have to pay attention. Okay. Um, Laura's asking them if they know any good brunch places around here, and, and Lily says one of our favorite lines, which is, let's say at the same time, <laughs> we, we love brunch. <laughs> and then we jump to up to 2007, so we're going from oldest to newest, where Robin meets her new sportscaster for her network, uh, Kurt the Iron Man Irons. <laughs> well, that's easy. I mean, makes sense. I forgot that his last name was Irons. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that 
later, she was. This sounds like one of those stupid trivia facts they would have in IMDb. <laughs> she dated a guy with the nickname Iron Man, and later she was in the Avengers with an Iron Man. Whoa. <laughs> but she recognizes him as a former athlete. He was a hockey player, so we see the undeniable look of attraction on her face. Yeah, I can't remember if this has come up before that that's one of Robin's things. Yeah, we don't know until later that she likes men without teeth. Yeah, she mentions that a couple lines from now. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. All this, they flash back, so all this time Barney's been talking, we get back to modern time and Ted's still in the mirror fixing his hair. So, you know, that's what he's, his character's essentially doing this entire episode. (laughs) Right. And it leads to some pretty good uh, sight gags later. Uh, We'll see if you picked up on it. Okay. Barney says that your friends warn you they've made the same mistakes before, but you laugh at them, call them idiots, this is different, the platinum rule doesn't apply to me. We jump into Robin this time, so now we're going from soonest to late. Ooh, interesting. All right, so now we're reversing the order. Uh. We're on step two, bargaining, where Robin, and bargaining seems to always be talking with a gang of mm. rationalizing why it's okay that they're going to do this. With Rob and it's, you know, he, he used to play hockey. I'm Canadian. I can't help it. If you were missing some teeth, I'd have probably already hit that. I feel like later on when she talks about missing teeth, she says some of the effect of, and if he's missing some teeth, I'm missing some pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one with the fight where they get oh, with, with Doug, the, yeah. the other bartender That's that pops right. up. Will Sass, Sasso? That sounds right. Lily's warning Robin and saying, you know, remember what happened with the Gerards across the hall. Yeah, there's a very strong reaction when we get the, yeah, the flashback of Lily and Marshall talking about making friends with the neighbors. Like, <laughs> Ted is really anti being friends with your neighbors. Yeah, he says you nod at them politely in the hall, you call the cops if you haven't seen them in a while, and you smell something funny, and that's it. I think that is a very New York thing, is that you're not close with your neighbors. Yeah. I think in your 20s and 30s that's true. I'm, I'm guessing once you get older, that's not so much the, the case. I think you start to feel a little more sense of neighborhood. I feel like when you're younger in New York or when we were in D.C., you spread yourself so wide because you have all these things to do and things to see and people mm-hmm. to see. As you get older, you sort of narrow it down to your neighborhood, I think, and then you start to start to know people that are right next to you and a little closer. I feel like your world narrows as you age. We'll see how that plays out. We're not friends with any of our neighbors. <laughs> well, I, I, I say hi on a regular basis to the Russian woman on one side of our house. The guys... No, no, that that counts as being friends. <laughs> well, sometimes we exchange pleasantries. Yeah, no, we're not friends. If we were, <laughs> they'd invite us to come to their pool, right. the pool in their backyard. I bet you don't even know her name. It's... Natasha. Wow. <laughs> and he's Boris, I think. His name's actually Alexander. We've gotten his mail before. <laughs> well, they're not very friendly, but she's she tends to be friendly, and sometimes I jog by her while she's walking her dog. Um, we have exchanged, but you're right, we're not friends. And then the <laughs> folks on the other side, we've had, they've you know, adults with teenage kids, mm-hmm. and we've had lengthier conversations with them. Yeah, they're nice enough, but yeah, we're not friends. I feel like I've borrowed... Flour or sugar from them. It's so stereotypical. Really? Yeah. <laughs> or milk. It was milk. But nevertheless, I think I'm more talking about when you live in the city. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so Barney's kind of nodding along with Ted's outburst here. If we had neighbors that were about our age, I think we'd be a lot more friendly with them. Yeah, hopefully. Or if they had a, a kid Tyler's age, where yeah. they could just go next door and play with each other. Yeah, definitely. So then Robin chimes in with, <laughs> you know, kind of nagging on them that, you know, they've got the couple's version of the hots for them. <laughs> yeah, you want to go to brunch with them. You want to browse at Pottery Barn with them. You want to go antiquing with them. <laughs> right. That, that was okay. And then Barney asks, yeah, remember don't what? you remember what happened with me and Wendy the waitress? And he kind of checks in with the gang about seducing Wendy the waitress. <laughs> Everybody is opposed. Yeah, and Either. Barney said that, you know, he's not breaking any rules doing this, and <laughs> Lily's surprised that he doesn't already have a rule, and Robin's like, yeah, with some sort of catchy name. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, and he never will. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a great idea. Guys, she's gullible. On board. We're perfect for each other. That's really good. And then we get a good running line for the rest of the episode of Don't Kill, Don't the, kill bar. the Bar. Right. <laughs> You're going to kill the bar. We're ba- so now they do some fun cuts back up to 2006. A year, a really a year, hard episode to yeah, describe. A year after Barney talks about hitting on her and Barney says, and it was a huge mistake. And the marshal goes, yeah, well, I think it'll be okay. Talking mm-hmm. about making friends with the neighbors. And then we cut to 2007 at the bar. Lily's saying, and it was a huge mistake. And Robin's mm-hmm. saying, yeah, well, I think it'll be okay. This is all part of the bargaining stage. Mm-hmm. And Robin, we cut to present day. Robin says, and it was a huge mistake. And Ted says, yeah, well, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> I like how they all say without ironing, you know, you got to wonder how they're retelling the story. Are they actually going through the, labor, the, the layers of it with Ted or are we just seeing the flashbacks as the layers? And it's actually really just Robin telling Ted about her mistake with Kurt the Iron Man Iron. I don't know. It's kind of meta. You got me thinking about this. I think it's probably just Robin. Although she might have said, and even Lily and Marshall warned me based on what happened with the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, yeah. A, that's, a good, that's a big question, though, yeah. so, which we don't get answered. Ted points out that, you know, him and Stella are both adults. They're mature and able to make good decisions. And Robin rightfully points out that he has a butterfly tattoo. Barney says they're just seeing a movie. I'm sorry. Ted says they're just seeing a movie. If it's weird at all, he'll back off. Barney says that's what everyone thinks. That's when comes step three, submission. Is that the one where he's, like, like right up in Robin's face? (laughs) I didn't notice it. (laughs) There's one where he's, like, face to face with her being weird. (laughs) So we're starting early on with Barney. I think what they do here, the, the cadence is on some of the t- some of the steps, they want to start with the earliest one and work their way up. Mm-hmm. On other ones, when it's them warning the other person, it starts to go backwards. So right. when they're trying to have like a repeatable line, it goes backwards. Otherwise, it goes forward. Makes sense. So let's let's test this out. This is really warping my brain, I'm trying to keep track of all this mentally. It's, it's a lot. We get Barney, 2005 Barney, in the bar late night with Wendy, and she's putting chairs up on a table and says, hey, Barney, Carl had to take off. Do you mind giving me a hand? And the way she looks at him, I think, point in fact, it's actually her seducing him, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's definitely into it. I don't think she had to be convinced. We cut to 2006. Kurt's got two tickets to the Rangers, center ice, and he's inviting her. And then we... 
So this one's actually not even in any sort of chronological order, backwards or forwards. Then we get (laughs) to twist our mind, our brains into even more of a pretzel. Oh, my goodness. We get Laura and Michael. They have... uh, Their kitchen boxes didn't make it to the move or to the new apartment, so they were going to order takeout, but Lily and Marshall offer that they can come over. Or, well, she asked if they want to have dinner, and then we get a scene of them cooking together, which is kind of weird. You would think, like, okay, let's go out. Like, you just moved here. Let's see the neighborhood. But they invite them over. To well, Lily's a great cook. Maybe she already had a recipe that she was going to fix that night. Maybe. And then we get a montage of Barney kissing Wendy, Robin and Carter at the hockey match, the couples are um, cooking, as you said. And then we they, it dig, digs even deeper where Barney and Wendy are not doing it on top of the bar, but they're, you know, vertical. I mean, I'm sorry, horizontal <laughs> on top of each other in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, then we the, get some charades. <laughs> yeah, charades, and then Robin and, and Iron Man making out. And then we cut to Barney and Wendy having just finished sex from behind the bar. She says that was an interesting use of the beverage gun. Any, guess, any guesses there, Jen? Um, well, based on Barney's next line of club soda can get anything off, I have some thoughts. <laughs> well, okay. I mean. Could be. Are we rating this? Stains. Are we? Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. Not stains. They don't look wet. So it's it wasn't just like a sexy shower each other with the. Oh, you really don't? Okay, you're really not on the same wavelength with me on this. No, no, I think what you were saying, I'm just trying to narrow it down. So it it sounds like, okay, no, you you, <laughs> you hint about it. Maybe I'm not. Um, I had a really dirty thought that I thought you were saying, but then you said, no, not that. I'm, this is not an explicit podcast. <laughs> but it I is. believe that Barney would have used it on Wendy. To get Below her the waist, where she's going, <laughs> sort of like a shower head, in a way. Yes, perhaps that's kind of my thought. Hmm, very messy. But yeah, I, I can't think of much else. Yeah, that, I mean, maybe not if he hadn't said. So he said get anything off. <laughs> did he say off or out? Off. Okay. Yeah. Which I actually think. No, yours. Be, yours is right. Yeah, That's got to be it. Might be a little um, too. A little risky lacy. for yeah a sitcom. So that's interesting. <laughs> well, I'm 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 here for it. And then <laughs> shortly after that, he says, um, "Well, she talks about how she always felt there was an unspoken connection between them, and she was right." right. Yeah. So and she's then he, like falling for him clearly. And he just immediately immediately reverts to customer and says, "Hey, can I get a gin and tonic?" <laughs> right. Even though the bar's closed. We cut to Ted, modern day, at the apartment. Ted says, you know, well, I bet you didn't pay for that. He said, oh, he paid for it. <laughs> and he said, well, I, I bet there was, you know, some, some bonuses there. And Barney says, oh, yeah, that's, that's the next stage, step, perks. Yeah, and Ted posits that maybe if he becomes Stella's boyfriend, he could get a discount on treatments, which is weird. Robin's talking about her perks in 2007. They could split a cab to work. Why, do they live near each other? Maybe. I'm guessing, like, if they spend the night at each other's houses. Yeah. Um, They have a standing lunch date. This all sounds like things Robin would never want, so this is a little strange. (laughs) Right. And he got them into the locker room. She met Mason Raymond uh, at the hockey game. And 
Barney has the great line of, what's the opposite of name dropping? <laughs> I think you've actually said that to me on this podcast at some point. <laughs> I know I've said that to people. In fact, I love it when I get an excuse to say mm-hmm. that to people. No, it's a good line. Underutilized. But Robin, you know, she's kind of psyched about this. She thinks it's going really well. And now we're getting the layered one. Mm-hmm. Lily says that's what they thought. And Lily and Marshall go through all the reasons why, you know, they're... Their relationship with their neighbors is going to be awesome. Yeah, they can have brunch. It's all about going right across the hall. Right. Yeah, they they just go right across the hall for whatever it is they want to do. And Marshall acts it out in a charade. (laughs) I just love Barney's delivery here. You just go across the hall. (laughs) (laughs) So Barney, they they said they're excited about this, and Barney says that's what he thought. So we cut back to 2005. So Wendy's bringing over some nachos for the table, kisses Barney goodbye, and then, like, just keeps kind of giving him eyes and, like, kind of, like... Acts weird. Yeah, she doesn't know how to act around him. She's... Awkward. Yeah, she's clearly into him, and everybody's just kind of glaring at Barney, and he's... Don't kill the bar. (laughs) Do you like this bar? (laughs) And here's where Barney says, you know, Wendy the waitress has seen how I operate in this place... And this should be true. She yes. should know better. Yes. And I think before and after she does. I think at the end of it, she's like, you know, let's just be friends. I think mm-hmm. it, come, it it occurs to her. Yeah, I wonder if there's some component of that. Well, I'll be the one that gets him to settle down. Maybe for a flicker. But he describes this as nothing more than a temporary fling. It's fine. And as he's saying that, Wendy's like looking over at him lovingly. And then we bounce back in the other direction in time where Barney, we jump back into 2006. Barney mm-hmm. says, but it wasn't. Marshall says, it's fine. Then we bump <laughs> to 2007. Lily says, but it wasn't. Robin says, it's fine. <laughs> Present day, Robin said, but it wasn't. Barney says, you think here that Ted would say it's fine, but he actually isn't that far along in this. So Right. Barney says, we're now in step five, which brings us to step five, the tipping point. So... We start with Robin and Kurt giving their newscast. He's giving some updates, a sport update, and they have a little bit of banter. She asks him once they cut off air if he wants to do something later, and he acts really snotty and mm-hmm. hurt. Oh, so you're talking to me now? Very apparently, passive-aggressive. Apparently she didn't call him, and she was supposed to. She, you said you'd call, and you didn't. This was actually me against you. A few months into us dating, Christmas Eve or somewhere in the Christmas time frame, this is, you know, obviously before we got real serious, Mm -hmm. and you were up in Buffalo with your friend. Okay, so that wasn't Christmas. That was January. Was it? No, not Christmas, but I feel like it was December because I I was staying at my dad's for the night. So I think it was right in that Christmas space. Okay. And, and yeah, I, yeah, you would have been with your family for Christmas, but it was, I think, right, you know, Buffalo's not that far. You could have gone up there the weekend after you spent something with your family. But at any rate, point being, you were going to call me, and I was at my dad's, so there's not a lot to do at my dad's. It's not like I can distract myself with tons of cable channels. Yeah, I guess or, it makes sense that it was Christmas Eve, because I feel like you used to go up to your dad's on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I think I did. That's usually when I went. So, I, But would you have been in Buffalo on Christmas Eve? No. But I think you, you might were, be conflating or mixing up stories. Well, at any rate, you were supposed to call me that evening, and you know, so I stayed up and read, and it's like 
one in the morning, and I think I text you and nothing back, and I'm starting to get really pissed because I, I waited up and you never called, <laughs> and I felt like Kurt. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense because I would have texted you. You would have thought that, but you had other things going on. You were with a with a bro. <laughs> but I still that would have weekend. texted you. And when I found you guys, he was all like, "Sorry, sorry bro,", bro. <laughs> and sniffed. No, that part didn't happen, but. You were with a you were with a bro. Yeah, but I still feel like I would have texted you. Well, nevertheless, I know how he feels here. Because when you wait up for somebody to call you, you start to get really irritated that you ended up waiting up when you probably could have gone to sleep a couple hours earlier. Well, you could have called me. I probably tried and couldn't get you, or maybe I didn't want to be like weird, desperate. Like you said, you'd call me when you got in. But anyways. So, no, see, so now this we're is. I have to pull phone records from 2007 so I can prove you. <laughs> I bet. Ooh, you... and this was like around that same time. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's December 12, 2007. And we are talking about December 2007. And it was our first week anniversary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so they make up here, and Kurt says he's sorry, sweetie. It was their first... He didn't want to fight tonight. It was their week anniversary. <laughs> and we love that word, week anniversary. <laughs> And Robin's face is just like, oh, God. And then we cut further back into 2005. Now, this is weird because we go from, now we're going from Robin's back to Barney in 2005. Yeah, we're jumping all over the place. Barney sees a hottie at the bar and wants to buy her a drink. So he asks Wendy, could you send a glass of champagne to that pretty young girl over there? And you see Ted and Marshall's faces like, what the hell are you you doing? doing? And I feel like this is just so ingrained in Barney that it didn't even occur to him that this was not okay to do. Of course. Barney realizes, he says, over there, you, you're the pretty young thing. That's what I meant. Champagne, (laughs) would you? On me? (laughs) So I guess he saves it. She doesn't seem too suspicious. And we cut up to 2006, and Marshall and Lily are running into Michael and Laura. Oh, he does speak here. He says, hey, neighbors. <laughs> they bought all the fixings for a Mexican fiesta. Why do, I feel like we say this sometimes. <laughs> I just want somebody to do that. To, nobody ever comes to our door with fixings for a Mexican fiesta. No, they don't. I'm very disappointed. My expectations are high. Marshall's trying to get across that they made other plans, but Michael won't let it go. He's acting out that <laughs> they wanted to play charades. It's Marshall's like response to this is funny. Two words, one word, two syllables, sounds like parades, charades. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they're having such a hard time just being like, no, we're leaving. Yeah, they can't. If they just put their foot down and occasionally. Right. And we don't know because they start saying we have tickets. So it's something they've paid for. <laughs> it's hard for you and I to say because we've never had anyone want to spend this much time with us. <laughs> Except for all you listeners. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you guys out. <laughs> but you can hang out with us whenever you want. So th- the three situations are kind of playing at the same time of Kurt hugging Robin on the set, Lillian Marshall <laughs> sitting on You're the couch. Like a split screen. With uh, Michael and Laura doing some sort of weird pantomime, (laughs) like them ice skating away or something. I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. It was more like a train? Sort of. And we'd be very good at charades. Barney and Wendy at the bar, and all three of them at the same time go, Oh, no. no." (laughs) Now, 
the people they're with don't hear them somehow right. in right. magical yeah. sitcom, sitcom land. land. This is the tropiest trope that's ever troped right. in TV that I've watched. Then we get to Barney saying, which brings to step six. And Ted's out. He finally finished his hair, and he's... <laughs> if Barney wants to write it down for him, he'll read it tomorrow. <laughs> and so I think this is where Barney splays across the door, trying to prevent Ted from leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a last-ditch effort, he musses up Ted's hair. Yeah. So he has to start over. And so this is where... Did you catch what happened after he does this? No. So he does that. Ted walks away, and Marshall just like lifts up a Kleenex to Barney, who like starts wiping his hand off from all the oh, gel in Ted's hair. <laughs> it's such a good like little sight gag. Barney says, "Step six is called Perk. Wait for it. Keep waiting. Keep waiting for the attorney to only discover there's no escape but Tory." He says it with <laughs> sort of an evil and a Tory. Yes. Purgat. Now I'm Jewish. We don't have the purgatory. <laughs> I don't think purgatory is for eternity, right? I think it's sort of a holding place. I'm not real. When they decide what to do, do with you. That that was never part of my education <laughs> on things. I all I know of heaven is what I learned in what's the Robin Williams movie? <laughs> I was gonna say, is it the movie where they show you your life? Defending your life. No, <laughs> yeah. that that has no connection with anything in the Bible. <laughs> It's the one where Robin Williams, his whole family dies at different parts of the movie. It's really actually oh, quite... Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. And his wife had committed... After he died and the kids had already died first, his wife commits suicide and she ends up in purgatory. Oh, I thought she ended up in hell. I think she's in purgatory and he has to go there to help her find her way out. Hmm. Maybe we should call my grandma. I bet she would know all of these different stages of things. I'm sure. <laughs> But yeah, uh... Don't worry about it. Okay. All those, all those years of Bible camp wasted. Yeah, I mean, we don't really talk about purgatory with five-year-olds, so... You should, those little bastards, the way they act. <laughs> I guess that was left off the lesson plan. All right, purgatory. Robin, in 2007, is complaining about Kurt, the Iron Man. Irons keeps leaving love notes on Post-its. <laughs> including on the sugar packets. Here's well, some sugar we get another, sugar. A little, another repetition of, oh, God, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and so that'll come back. Oh, yeah, you're right. So Robin says she's an idiot. Marshall says, yeah. Kurt's leaving love notes everywhere. <laughs> she's like, Iron Man, oh. And then she starts banging her head softly <laughs> on the table, and Marshall says, I remember that. <laughs> and then we get Marshall saying, oh, we're such idiots. Barney says, yeah. Every time they're, they're, at the, they're trying to step out the door, they're out there waiting for them. Sometimes they'll send Ted out first to scout. Nobody's there. Then they'll go out a second later, and they're there. It's freaking supernatural. Are they ghosts? Can only we see them? And then Lily starts hitting her head on the table. Barney says, I remember that. I like her. Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> Jackson sort of sounds like Kristen Shawl mm-hmm. when she says that with that sort of high yeah. voice. It's really breaking Lily. And then we cut back to 2005. Barney tries to, turn this, tries to turn this around on the gang of, how could you let me date Wendy the waitress? Mm-hmm. And they all, yeah, they all freak out at him. I was thinking when we got to this point, how many hairstyles Lily had to go through <laughs> to cover these three it's stories. So <laughs> it must be wigs, because there's no way they yeah. did that much change on her hair. 
Yeah, and you know, that's not something that I've seen in, like, the trivia stuff. Like, you know, did they f- know they were going to do this? Did they film all this ahead of you time? You almost feel like she has to buzz her hair down to a, the shortest possible length and then just put wigs on top of her. <laughs> I'm sure Hollywood people know how to put wigs on regular hair. Barney complains that he can't hit on women in his own bar. Remember the old Barney? He was a lion, the king of the jungle, stalking whatever prey he chose, going in for the kill. And Ted's got, what does Ted say? (laughs) Got a whole meat locker at home full of corpses, don't you? Yeah, that's a great line. Now, what I read, the trivia I read said that was a reference to American Psycho. Does that sound familiar to you at all? I don't think he kept a meat locker full of corpses. Okay, though. I was excited. You know, I only saw that movie once. I don't remember that part. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe that was just a I misinterpretation. Think he, he did chop them up. Some of them. I, I okay. don't remember enough of it. Okay. Barney says now he's to claw, neutered, goes on and on. I like Ted's. Yeah, this metaphor is really falling apart. <laughs> yeah. He ends up in a in, a, in the zoo where families pay to watch watch him and have face. sex with the old lioness. <laughs> and now he's a. Docile house cat, meow. And nobody has any sympathy for him. (laughs) Marry her if you have to. Don't kill the barn. And then this is where Barney starts hitting his head off the table. Then Barney covers step seven, confrontation, where eventually you have to do the thing you've been dreading all along. A relationshipectomy. We start with Robin telling Kurt she needs to talk. She likes you, but... Then to Marshall, guys, we like you a lot, dot, dot, dot. Then to Barney. <laughs> says, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stark contrast. It catches you <laughs> off guard. His speech is so good to her. Um, uh, so, and then it just goes, it, it just flips, 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 you know, from timeline yeah, to Robin's timeline. A, Robin and Lily are sick of the charade. <laughs> or no, Robin's sick of the charade. Lily's sick of playing charades. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's a good, yeah, side-by-side line. <laughs> Barney starts to extrapolate on what he said. Like his, uh, I mean, I, I don't like you in that way. I used to like you in that way, but now I've seen everything there is to see. I don't know. kind of want to see those same parts, just on other girls. <laughs> Barney's just the worst. His Imagine next, saying that to another human being. <laughs> he says, it could be other girls and you. But if you're into that, but the other girls, there. yeah, they have to be there. That's the important part. She said, gosh, you're just terrified of getting close to anyone, aren't you? Yeah, let's go with that. Right. Can well, I get a gin and tonic? For Barney. That was a really great, really well-written scene. Yeah, definitely. Gin and tonic. Since when is this his drink? Apparently this whole episode. Yeah. It's, I feel like the only time. I mean, maybe he's like you. He goes in cycles with things. Then we go through the fallout. Robin has to suffer <laughs> through Kurt's depressed delivery of why the Knicks lost and him using that as a metaphor for their relationship. <laughs> the Knicks didn't deserve his love anyway. I was impressed that Robin knew something about their perimeter shooting. Right. With Lily and Marshall, they're trying to get out of their apartment, but they keep seeing... The Gerards coming in and out, and someone knocks on the door and knocks again. It's Ted, but they can't let him in because every time they're about to, the the Gerards are coming out of their apartment again. It's It's sort of a weird in and out of theirs. Yeah, it's unclear why they can't just open the door for Ted and not go out. No, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. 
Or why they have to leave the apartment. I mean, I guess maybe they have to go somewhere. So they go down the fire escape, which is a weird choice. I feel like we heard that the fire escape fell down at some point, didn't we? Or, or someone said they couldn't go at it because they were too big or it would fall to the ground. What am I thinking of? Oh. So I think they it's, had to leave was it, an apartment. Was it during when Ted, when Ted was trying to win the belt? And they were in his room, and he suggested they go out the fire escape. And yeah, that's right. Maybe Marshall said, "I that will never hold me." Right. Okay. Well, anyways, they use it here, and for some reason, <laughs> the drawer, Michael and Laura, are down on the in the alleyway when they get down. What they're doing there, I'm not sure. We don't even know. We don't find out. Well, I wondered, like, did that actually happen, or is this them all like exaggerating the I story? Think, I think this happened, but. <laughs> We don't get. Thankfully, we don't have to see the awkward conversation they have with them when they get to the bottom of the fire escape. We cut back to the bar. Wendy's telling Barney that there's no hard feelings. She thinks they can be friends, and he says, "Of course, that'd be nice." And Ted's like, "Wow, that was very mature of her." Right. She she gives Barney a drink, and Barney um, (laughs) holds it all the way out into the middle of the floor of the bar, pours it out. She's going to kill me. This is poisoned. Like, and where that, there's like the door to the kitchen. So it's like where all the wait staff are going to constantly be in and out. He's trying to kill somebody, apparently. He says Ted's is poisoned, grabs Ted's and pours it out. So he's trying to kill everyone close to him. Sees Marshall eating a (laughs) hamburger. Probably the part that I laughed the most at. Yeah, Marshall in slow motion is about to take a bite of his burger. Barney leaps across and just knocks it out of his hands. Marshall's face. He's just so confused. Barney, you're welcome. (laughs) He's more than confused. He's very depressed. (laughs) We learn later how much, how important hamburgers can be to Marshall. Yeah, it's true. And then Robin points out, we're back to present day in the apartment, that, wait a second, you've been sitting here, and this is to Barney, you've been sitting here pretending to be expert on all this, but the truth is there was no real fallout from your breakup at all? <laughs> Barney, yet. <laughs> You're an idiot. I, I was surprised that Barney didn't argue that, no, those drinks were poisoned. Right. <laughs> he kind of abandoned that argument. Ted tires to leave again, Barney tries to muss his hair again, and... Ted says, actually, you made it look better. Well, and again, so we get the sight gag again, where again, you know, Barney rubs his hair, Marshall hands up a Kleenex to him, wipes it off as he's talking. Okay. (laughs) Barney says, do not do this. These things will happen to you. Ted says, he's sick of all the rules. He, you know, it's, yes, this probably won't end well. It's probably going to end badly. He has no idea. Right. But it's not going to be because of some rule. Was it? I did read somebody's interpretation that, yes, it was because of the rule, because Ted broke the rule of don't invite your ex to your wedding. So if they hadn't... Have Which wasn't a rule they made. Well, or did Stella say that was the rule? Yeah, we'll have to see if it's you know, termed a rule. It's not like that's some, something somebody warned him about. Right. So As is like it a Barney rule? Type rule? Yeah. So you know, it's an interpretation we'll have to pay attention to. But yeah, if, yeah. But it certainly wasn't one of the steps. No, no, no. Yeah, it wasn't one of these. So yeah, Barney made his hair look awesome, and he's gonna go. At the end, we find out that, or Ted's telling Marshall, who's on the couch, that Stella thought they were just seeing the movie as friends. We'll see that early next week, as the ne- next episode opens up. 
right? And Ted says, um, there's a rule that says I can't date Stella. <laughs> Barney chimes in, yes, the platinum rule. <laughs> she reads my blog. <laughs> no other rules by the American Medical Association. Doctors aren't legally allowed to date their patients. And the narrator tells us there's a ninth step, which is coexistence. And so we start to see people getting along from all the three stories. Mm-hmm. Robin and Kurt are doing a good job newscasting together. Marshall and Lily and the the neighbors are you know saying hi to each other and asking what they're doing for the evening. And <laughs> they're going to play charades again. Nobody likes charades this much. This couple is insane with charades. Yeah. Have, you and I have never played charades. Literally never. Not in a group, not with each other. In fact, I can't think of the last time I played charades. I guarantee it was more than 30 years ago. I'm fairly confident I've never once played charades. <laughs> it's actually kind of fun. You want to play after this? <laughs> Wendy brings, they cut to the bar. Wendy's bringing Barney a drink and says, on the house, very sweetly. Mm. <laughs> he just throws it over his shoulder. It's like crazy <laughs> finger point around his ear. Right. That was funny. And that was the episode. Yep. Good episode. Oh, so good. What do you think I ranked it? Hmm. 12. No, not nearly that high. 29. Dang. It's the seventh highest ranked season three episode that we've watched so far. Okay. And I will give it away that is the 11th ranked overall from season three. That's how good season three is. 11th of season three. Wow. Okay. So, you know, if you want to sort of question my rankings. I didn't. No, but (laughs) yeah, you said pretty high and it's look away. So what's the, the season three Episodes that are ranked ahead of this one are How I Met Everyone Else, so with Blah Blah, I'm Not That Guy. Mm-hmm. Which one was I'm Not That Guy? Is that the one where Ted's or Barney's pretending to be Ted? No, that was from season two. I'm Not That Guy. Oh, um, Ted Mosby, Sex Architect. Oh, right. The Wait For It, so the first one from the season, which is with Gael. Spoiler alert. Okay. Little Boys, Dosa Tripla. So those are all solid. Mm-hmm. Solid episodes, which is why this is back at 29. Okay. What is, my favorite joke is, I think the opposite of name, what's the, the opposite of name dropping? <laughs> I. It was a tough one. This was a tough one. I really liked the exchange of, you know, Barney, Lily, and Robin with the, what rule is there that says I can't seduce the waitress at my favorite bar? I don't know. I'd expect you to have one already. Yeah, with some sort of catchy name. So that sequence. Yeah, I like that one. And, and I like the whole don't kill the bar <laughs> repetition and just the the cuts back and forth of, like, yeah, the repeating. like And it was a huge mistake. I think it'll be okay. Like, <laughs> all of those sets would just... Great. There was only one joke that I didn't like the whole time, and that was the Lily with the uh, Reno mm-hmm. stripper thing. But until I refound, like I looked th- back and forth through this episode and could not find a line I didn't like. There's one that we skipped over that I just think isn't a great joke, where Robin asked Ted when he gets back, "Did she see your tattoo and assume you were gay?" Which I, I thought that was okay. Eh. 
doesn't. I don't think it. I'm not offended by it, but I don't think it's funny. Yeah. Like, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I thought it was clever in the the timing of where they placed it. So, I, we don't need to dwell on that one, but. Right. Yeah, that was the only other one that I was just like, eh, don't care for. Our next episode is No Tomorrow, which is the okay. St. Paddy's Day one. Okay. I don't like that one that much. Or maybe I'm just comparing it to what we've been seeing lately, but... Right. From what I remember, it's not nearly as good as the ones we've had, like the kind of the role we've been on lately. But, yeah, maybe we'll be surprised. I also remember having sort of a problem with it because the things that we see and then are corrected later by Marshall through the the voicemail of Ted... Mm-hmm. That, that Marshall shares with him that kind of retells what really happened that evening doesn't make sense. There's okay. something about it where they have Ted acting really stupid drunk early on where he wasn't drinking yet. Okay. Yeah, we'll pay attention to that. Okay. Well, how can people reach us? Oh, did you have any... No. Nothing this week? I th- no one reached out. I think we had a new review. Did we? And in the meantime, if you would like to leave us a review and a rating, that would be awesome. Um, you can also find us at Runkle Recaps on Twitter, underscore How I Met Your Podcast, underscore on Instagram, or shoot us an email at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Price is right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We hear from Lake Champagne. Is that the name of the person writing? Seems like it. Person writes, here's our four-star four review. 43 years old, definitely watched Price is Right, Homesick. Card Sharks, question mark, before that. Then Ryan's Hope, Loving, All My Children. Plinko was my favorite game, too. <laughs> so I think this person's saying what they would write, what they would do when they were homesick. Yeah, from our, when Barney was on the Price is Right, and we discovered that you're a freak who never watched Price is Right when you were homesick. And that person is just a smidge younger than you. Right. Proving that it wasn't an age thing. <laughs> All right. That's well, cool. thanks so much for writing in Lake Champagne. All right, folks. Well, I have nothing else. So. Oh, no snappy sign-off? Well, I think I was going to say we were going to play some charades, but, <laughs> but you already, I already said, said it. it. <laughs> and I already used the purgatory at the beginning. So. Right. All right, everybody. Until next week. Bye. Bye.